welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. And joining me this afternoon, I have an independent burlesque performer um, who has been doing burlesque for a very long time. Um, she has been in and out of Milwaukee over the years, but she is back here now. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, her passions, artistry, and why she does what she does. She goes by Candy Coconuts. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Candace. Hi, <laughs> how are you? I'm uh, doing pretty well. Um, about to sip on a little screwdriver here. Let me sip on my my coffee here. Your cat mom <laughs> coffee, yeah. I am indeed a cat mom and a snake mom and a bearded dragon mom oh. and an actual human child mom. Oh, your your mom. You're a mom of all trades. I really am. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I uh, so um, you uh, you own. Is it like the big snake that you've done in uh, your uh, acts? Yes, yes. His name is his name is Cletus. <laughs> it's he has the most non stage name that a snake could ever have. Wait, you said Cletus? Cletus. Well, that was his name when I acquired him and. I actually thought about renaming him, but I just haven't yet. So if anybody out there has any wonderful ideas on a new stage name for the old Cletus, feel free to send him my way. That is, a, that is a big snake. What kind of snake is he? He's a red-tailed boa. Okay, sure. Um, so I, I don't know too much about owning snakes, but do they have like, and I guess the bearded dragon too. Um, what's the dragon's name? His name is Rosie. Rosie. I thought okay. Rosie was a girl, but it turns out Rosie has testicles, so he's a boy. Which I did not know. It was a thing that I had to find out. They're not just out there. <laughs> I see. Sure. <laughs> sure. So do reptiles have like personalities, you know, as pets? My bearded dragon a hundred percent has a personality for sure. I mentioned him first because he has the bigger personality. Um I've trained him with food. He'll come to me when I call him. He'll give me kisses. He's very snuggly, even though he's very spiky. Uh, my red-tailed boa, he just really, the most of the time he shows his personality is when he is out of his enclosure and he is like sniffing everything and trying to rip blinds off of my windows um, <laughs> or when he wants food. Like now he's currently in his enclosure, just pretty much like with his head up towards the where I open it because he's just waiting for food. Oh, nice. Even um, though I just fed him. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, um, when he's hungry, he's hungry. Yeah. Um, do you, what Do you feed him uh, mice? I feed him rats. Rats are a better diet. They have more nutrition in them than mice do. Mm -hmm. I feed him once a week, two medium to large size rats. Oh, nice. Do they, um, so do you let them out? like of their of their like enclosures uh as you would like um just kind of like is it sort of like a periodic thing so my snake it's just really sporadic it just depends I'm in the mood I'll get them out obviously whenever I'm going to perform you know like I'll practice with them a little bit beforehand and then get them out uh you know about an hour before I go on stage because if not he's super hyper and he wants to just like curl around everything that's not on my body and what I want him to do is curl onto my body 
And so after about 30, 40 minutes of that, then I can usually like put him on me and of him like sniffing everything and let him go. And then he'll just kind of hold on to me, which is ideal for when I'm performing, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, my my bearded dragon, I let him out every day. He's kind of like a cat at this point. My uh, my cats are used to him. My kids, I'll put him on the couch. Or this morning, I brought him. I like got up to make coffee and I grabbed him out of his enclosure and then brought him into my bed and like let him just kind of hang out next to me while I played on my phone. Um, yeah, he's he pretty. Is, that is adorable. I I love exotic pets. Um, me too. Yeah, the most exotic pet I've had. Um, we had two hermit crabs. Right? Oh, I love those. We had some of those before. Oh, they're so funny. <laughs> like, I, I just love like all the little like uh, antennas and stuff. Yeah, uh, they're pretty they're, adorable. They're so adorable, but we had to be careful about letting them out of the tank um, mm -hmm. because like we had cats and oh, yeah. cats uh, once they, they notice. Yeah, like, <laughs> or at least they'll, they'll start food for them. Yeah, or at least they'll start like trying to play with them, and I can't imagine the terror a little um, arthropod would have <laughs> against a cat. <laughs> oh, I used to feel like that about my dragon, but now he doesn't care. He's just like he'll walk right up to them, and they'll like poop noses, and it'll be fine. I don't think I'd let him roam about when I'm not home, but. When I'm home, my cats know that he's friend, not foe, so. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, that's, it's kind of fun how, like, I mean, I imagine you kind of have, like, a routine, like, every day of, like, taking care of all these animals and stuff. Gosh, yes. In addition to being, like, you know, a human mom, too. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have a routine when I wake up every day when it comes to the kids. The lizard the snake not so much because i can feed him once a week you know he's good to go i generally he doesn't need much care besides that besides the occasional cleaning out his cage or refreshing his water sometimes i'll get him out and i'll put him in the bathtub i'll fill the bathtub up with water and i'll just let him like because there's no small holes like in my restroom for him to like squeeze through so i can just put him in there and shut the door and make sure the toilet's closed and he's about like yay big around in the center so he usually will just hang out in the bath kind of good for his skin but um he's easy he's the easiest out of all of them but yeah the lizard and the kids every day yeah every yeah. day <laughs> that's fun um it is fun it's worth it if you could own like one animal that is not like i don't know like, if there's one pet you want you would own that you've never owned before um what would it be like does it have to be like an animal that is a traditionally known pet or that's what i was gonna say it doesn't have to be definitely a crow or a raven if that's the same oh, thing yeah. that's not really the same thing is that the same thing either way definitely. they're in the same same family i'd be happy with either one of them if i could acquire or at least just get like a little crow family to take a liking to my porch I could just like feed them and stuff. I'd be very happy about that. You like crows? Yeah. They're super intelligent and I mean they're you know also super gothy and cool. And of course who wouldn't want one, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I want to keep one in captivity unless there was like something wrong with it and it would be more harmful to like release it. But um, you know, if it was like an orphan and it needed my help, I would happily do it. 
yeah they are like kind of gothically beautiful they I, really I, are yeah and they're so smart they're so smart yeah um i'd say so i mean my favorite animals are i like hippos a lot um, i mean they're massive gosh they're they're mean aren't they mean yeah yeah they're very dangerous so like a nice snuggly hippo not like well, well yeah but well i was gonna say that i wouldn't <laughs> as much although i love hippos i wouldn't own it as a pet i okay. would say if i was to own like a pet that's more non-traditional i would choose a capybara wait a what a capybara you know what those are right i don't i don't think so oh they're like they look like giant hamsters oh they're is like, it like a wombat kind of kind of looks like one a little bit it's the largest rodent in the world um they're like they're kind of funny looking um here i'll, I'll show you a, I'll, I'll pull up i think a i just read a story about like a creature that was like it looked like a huge giant hamster and they said he was like the largest one known like on the planet that they usually um live about 15 years and this guy lived like yeah yeah it looked just like that but this particular one lived like 30 years in captivity and he was also like I don't know, 80 something pounds, which I guess is bigger than the norm, but he was really cute. And he looked like a big furry hamster that someone was holding like a big baby. Oh. Yeah, I love those. I'm gonna, that picture I just showed you is from a Facebook group I'm in called Capybara Connoisseurs. <laughs> and okay. uh, I'm in a bunch of like quirky animal groups on Facebook. It's good. Uh, yeah, it, it's good. Um, visual therapy like with how much everything sucks right now I actually know um, I can't tell you how much time I spend watching like cat TikTok videos it's, it's pretty ridiculous actually <laughs> almost a, almost a little embarrassing but you know I don't blame you I mean <laughs> you'll, you'll take what what you can get yeah hellscape of a year for sure um Candace, what did you do today? Oh man, Whew. I had a very, uh, I've had a kind of a busy morning, you know, I dropped a few things off at Cinch Tailoring down in River West. Oh, shout out to Sarah. Yeah, shout out to Sarah. Um, I use her for all of my tailoring needs. So fabulous. Needs a tailor. Um, <laughs> I had to go to the post office and send back a broken phone and I reapplied for a passport because it was expired. And although I can't travel anywhere right now, I just like to have it, you know, you never know. You never know. Yeah. And the vacation might fall in your lap. So I just wanted to have that good to go and just did some grocery shopping and just some like really kind of basic. Oh, I had to pick up some uh, little worms for Rosie for his like little training worms that we use. Nice. You know, just a really eventful taking care of shit kind of day <laughs> yeah, you know that. pretty basic yeah dope um that's good uh, i woke up at like eight and then i so i write for breaking and entering the music blog um so i published a couple things this morning um and then which is usually what i do like it's kind of like my first order of business every day. Mm -hmm. And then I actually, so 
Um, I got some more money from unemployment this this week, so I. Me too. Yeah, the the three hundred dollar benefit things um, from like the first six weeks um, that that's been that was in place in like August. Um, that got all applied this week. Oh wait a second. Maybe that was different than mine. I think mine was like some sort of like a lost wages or something that it's yeah. Set. Well, that's what that's what it is. Hmm. Weird. Yeah, because isn't that was supposed to start like as of September fifth? I think no, right. Did you get like the back pay week. That's when it ends. It started on August first, and okay. then it's for the first like six weeks, I think. Hmm. Uh, Maybe that's not what I got because it was only for two or three weeks. Oh. Uh, well, are you working at all right now? Uh, I am laid off currently. Okay. I mean, I still am with my union, but just the company that I was working for, the job ended. So that's how I, I'm union. So like I'll, they'll place me with a company for, it could be two days, it could be two years. It just depends on how long the job lasts. And then when that job ends, I'm usually laid off for like a couple of weeks until they, you know, my name reaches the list on the list and then they'll place me somewhere else. So I'm in between. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I, don't know. I guess it's different for everybody, like what everyone's situation is. But point is, um, I got some uh, benefits this week, so I've been spending money uh, actually doing, getting some uh, commissions, uh, sending out commissions for a couple close friends that do art. Um, I've been kind of putting together like an art gallery in my hallway. Nice vocals that do visual art and prints and stuff. So um, just trying to support folks that might you of know, course. either need, you know, some money or just need some creative motivation right now. Um, uh, I've been doing my best to spend as much money and redistribute my wealth uh, on local creatives this year. That's wonderful. Yeah, uh, it's important, um, you know, Art is the closest thing we have to magic. So um, I will do anything I can to uh, fund that magic. Yeah. Uh, even though I'm still pretty broke as shit. Um, <laughs> so what we talked about on Mr. Nice Guy, Candace, we talked love and fear, passion and creativity. And uh, the first time we met was actually last Halloween when you did the the burlesque show uh that was at company brewing it was like that uh clownvis type thing clownvis yeah sorry i just had to <laughs> i love him so much Go yeah uh, <laughs> but that was that was my first time like meeting you seeing you perform um and uh i i do remember uh, vividly like your um, your your act involved the snake, mm -hmm. and uh, that's kind of hard to forget. So, um, and then uh, you know I've been in interviewing a myriad of burlesque performers um, in the last couple of months. I've had some of the Brew City bombshells on the show, mm -hmm. um, as well as some folks that were in the Cream City Cabaret. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, um, so I'm excited to get to know you and kind of what your whole uh, um, persona is with Burlesque. I'm excited to you. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so glad. <laughs> it's, it's funny that you brought up Clownvis because 
he is somebody that has literally been performing with me since the beginning of my burlesque career 15 years ago, probably. So this is kind of funny that you brought him up. We're both from, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, originally. That's where I started doing burlesque. And that is also where uh, Clownvis is from as well. So I've known him. He has a band as well. That's like a separate entity than, than Clownvis. And just as a personal friend and also as Clownvis. So, yeah. um, Well, that actually answers the question I was going to ask you, which was where you are originally from, which is St. Louis. Mm -hmm. I uh, went to St. Louis for the first time as an adult, um, just uh, two months, almost two months ago now. Um, It's a, it's a, it's an interesting city. It's kind of eerie. I don't know if like you feel that way about it, but it's. I mean, during the pandemic, I have to say a lot of places are probably a bit more eerie, you know, St. Louis is a little weird. It's like, it's a really great city, but if you don't know, like, the cool places to go or the cool people to hang out with it can you can go there and be very like just very kind of touristy and like yeah you know and there's some like I said if you really do some research you can you know find some cool places to go and check out but yeah yeah I mean I remember like um my partner at the time like we went together and uh we were just like admiring just how awkward like a lot of like the um, just kind of the city's layout is and the architecture. It's kind of quirky, um, but it was a blast. Um, we ate some really good food. Um, I know there's a big Southern like Cajun feel. So we went to uh, a really good um, oyster bar. Was it the Blues, uh, like Broadway oyster bar? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, it was Broadway. Yeah. I love that place. I've done burlesque there. I went to many of shows there. They have a, like a stage and a room in the back where there's live music. They have an awesome patio. It's like right there in the middle of downtown in Soulard. And Soulard is a, definitely has kind of a Cajun French Quarter-esque type feel to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We went to the Soulard market as well. I love that Um, place. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, It it is. uh, We went to the zoo. The zoo was pretty cool. And it's free. Yeah. One of the things I love about St. Louis is just like there's anything that's like city owned, like the zoo, the the science center, which is the equivalent of our discovery world, the history museum, the art museum, it's all free. There's no like ticket to get in for any of them. And they're nice. They're very well done, you know. It's the way it should be. Um, yeah, no. I know. I remember the first time I went to a zoo in like another state as like a way younger person than what I am now. And whenever they went to like charge us, I was like, what? I was like appalled. I was like, and now looking back, I kind of feel like a dick because I'm like, well, it, actually St. Louis is just odd that that's free and every other other place charges. But I was just like, you guys charge to get in? I was like, that's freaking weird. I was like, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna be like, I'm crazy, but I just, I grew up with a really amazing free zoo my entire life, so. Right, I'm, I mean like, in that way you could argue that you know education centers like that um shouldn't be for profit so they should just you know just have more government subsidies so that that's where they receive their funding from and not from you know i mean obviously they'll still sell a lot of shit in the park but like for entry oh yeah 
even little extra things like to go in the butterfly house or this certain exhibit might yeah. you know, they have some yeah. free exhibits like like special exhibits i mean that would be yeah. free but um you know they still have the train rides and things that are going to cost money yeah so um so you how long uh, did you live in st louis for i was born in st louis and i lived there until 2007 um i so pretty much from the year I was born until 2007. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I guess that's, that would be a good place to start of like kind of what, uh, what interested you like initially in uh, getting involved in burlesque? Well, um, so my mom was a professional swing dancer. So growing up in our home, we always had a lot of like, uh, big band music and like old jazz music and just like, you know, a lot of the instrumental with horns and, you know, just, uh, you know, Brian Setzer Orchestra and like Glenn Miller Orchestra and just like all that type of stuff. And so I've always had like kind of a, a love for just that style of music and um, just anything like really like kind of vintage and classic uh, as far as looks go. And, you know, dance was always also something that was in my home. I was never like uh, professionally trained in dance. It was just my mother, you know. Um, there was this group, a burlesque group in St. Louis that would perform every Saturday night. And I would go to their shows and like watch them with stars in my eyes. And I would just like, I don't know, I loved dancing and I could, you know, I had rhythm and I could dance and I enjoyed music a lot. I just, uh, you know, never had thought about ever becoming a burlesque dancer. I just, you know, I'd go there and watch this weekly show and just be really inspired by them. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That was just really just, I mean, all I have as far as kind of what got my interest in it, you know, um, as kind of cheesy as it sounds, Dita Von Tees, when she was very, very new and not like super popular at the time, she did a couple of uh, shows in St. Louis that were at like smaller clubs and she was just dressed very vintage and she did more burlesque type stuff, you know, and that, um, you know, that kind of got me really interested in it as well. And I, I remember being at a show one night with a really good friend of mine in St. Louis and we were just like at a show and we were dancing and um, she was like, oh, my friend is over here. I'm going to go talk to her. And this friend just so happened to be the manager for this burlesque group. And they're called the Alley Cat Review. And they performed at a place called Rue 13 every Saturday night uh, down a, a street that would be kind of equivalent to Water Street, except for just not as like college kids it was more of like a college kids but like a everybody type of street but it was like a main strip lots of clubs and bars and shops almost and, like a like a bourbon street in new orleans yeah not as busy but yes 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 sure. but you know you could actually walk down the street and whatnot but um yeah she was like it just so happened to be the manager of this burlesque group that she was friends with and i was just i was kind of like like that's Lisa I was like oh, I'd love to be a burlesque dancer and she like literally drugged me over there and was like hey Lisa she wants to be a burlesque dancer and you know when we're at the bar it's like one in the morning and we're all dancing and she was like be a rue Wednesday noon can you do it and I was like yeah sure I was like what do I need to do and she's like pick three songs 
bring a couple of costumes or things that you can wear and, you know, and just we'll have you audition. And I was nervous as fuck because I had no experience whatsoever with um, any sort of actual performing, like on a stage doing burlesque before. So, yeah. How did, it, how did it go? So, yeah, I showed up there at noon and all the girls in the burlesque troupe were there as well. So that just, you know, amplified my nervousness. But you know, I picked three songs. Uh, the first one I did was a Squirrel Nut Zipper song. And, you know, I had my little shimmy skirt and bra that I thought would work. And I did like a chair routine and uh, I was super nervous. And I know that I probably didn't do nearly half as well as like the level of what those girls experience was. But I just did the one song and they were all clapping. And Lisa was like, I didn't even have to do the three songs. She was like, yeah, she's like, we want to have you in. And it was that easy. Although it didn't seem very easy in the beginning, but afterwards it was just very like kind of cut and dry. She was like, oh yeah, no, we definitely want you. Awesome. So I needed some work, but they were willing to like work with you. It wasn't, you know, they were like, you have potential. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And from there for like the next four years, I was an alley cat and it was probably some of the most memorable times of my life. And I met some really amazing some of the absolute most talented women in burlesque, even now they're in like like the top 50 of the world performers. And a lot of them are still traveling internationally and that's what they do for a career and how they support themselves. I took a little bit of a side road and decided to become a mom and get married and do all that, which is wonderful as well. And they still keep burlesque in my life, you know, but I was very fortunate enough to perform with some really, and become really close friends with some really, talented and inspiring women so that is really dope uh it's really cool that like you know they they did see that potential like just right off the bat yeah uh, i was shocked <laughs> yeah well it's awesome because i mean that's people giving you a chance is what can totally jumpstart you yeah so <laughs> from that point on um you just kind of started doing that with them for a couple of years? Yeah, I did that with them for close to four years. We uh, we did a weekly show. Um, it was a sake sushi bar. We had a, generally a pretty busy house every Saturday. We had our own stage with a dressing room that led out to our stage. And, you know, it was, we had like fire, silks, trapeze, a girl that sang consistently, another girl that did like gymnastics. You know, a lot of us just did like regular dancing and some group numbers and singing. Um, it was very well put together show. You know, we had a manager who would like book outside shows. We would do private events. We were sponsored by Camel Cigarettes when that used to be a thing, even though it's kind of like uh, now, but back in the day, yeah. uh, we were sponsored by PVR when they used to do that as well. And um, yeah, and then I ended up moving eventually and the Alley Cats uh, kind of dissipated a couple years after that, you know, they they separated because each girl like they all just kind of moved away just kind of slowly rue 13 closed down you know so that was like our home and uh yeah <laughs> yeah um so um what brought you to milwaukee a guy oh. <laughs> a musician that's how, how it goes yeah <laughs> <laughs> it didn't we live together for about a year um actually my 
my moving to Milwaukee anniversary is the 31st, is Halloween 2007. I moved to Milwaukee. Oh, so spooky. I know. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we lived together about a year. It didn't work out. And I just really kind of established myself here and made a lot of friends. And this place just really felt like home to me. And I had just started kind of doing performing uh, right around the time that we had split, me and that partner, uh, a couple months prior, I had just started performing with a group called the Dead Man's Carnival because there was like no burlesque. I really wanted to like start performing. There was no other like burlesque groups here. There was nothing as far as that goes. The closest thing that there was was a Dead Man's Carnival. So I had reached out to them and they had let me do some guest spots. And uh, that's kind of inspired me to start my own burlesque group here. Um, and because I would still go home and perform at the, not home, but like St. Louis hometown and perform at the Alley Cats, you know, the manager there, she had a really wonderful idea. She's like, Hey, why don't you start another rendition of the Alley Cats in Milwaukee and you and your girls can come down here and perform and we can come up there and perform and we can try to like broaden the Alley Cat review name, yeah. you know, and, and uh, see where that takes us. So that's what I did. I kind of just started putting my feelers out for girls and a place that we could do just like a monthly show. I didn't, you know, and every week show is, that takes a lot of work, <laughs> you know, and you want to be pretty well established for something like that to happen. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I just kind of, at that point I started putting feelers out for like girls and I found a lot of, a good handful of like really talented girls. Um, V Valentine, who is one yeah. of my closest friends, I will proudly admit that I was there from her for the very like beginning of her little burlesque career. Uh, it was like two in the morning and we were at the pub, which is known as Vegas now. So, you know, it's just a really shithole yeah. little bar. It's an amazing bar. I love it. I live but, pretty close to Vegas. It's great. I love that place. It's It's like so nostalgic for me because when I got off the train, the first time I ever even visited Milwaukee, my partner was like, all right, we're just going to take your luggage and we're going to go to the pub and we'll put your luggage behind the bar. And that's what we're going to do. And we had a great time. And it was like two in the morning and somebody was like, oh, hey, this girl, she's interested in your burlesque group. And like, she pops up to me and she's like, oh, I hear you're starting a burlesque group. And I was like, yes, I am. And I mind you, it's two in the morning. It's last call. I'm drunk off whiskey. I'm pretty sure, you know, and she's like, I'm going to be in your burlesque group. And I was like, but can you shimmy? And just like, it was the cutest little like <laughs> that she did. And I just remember being like, you're in. And uh, she pretty much, B Valentine helped me. She was like professionally trained in dance, like, you know, her whole life and had some skills that I didn't have. And, you know, I had some knowledge that she didn't have. And so she just kind of was my sidekick as far as like, helping me find some girls and just like she knew a lot more about Milwaukee than I did you know so um she was very like helpful in that way and then and then the Alley Cat Review Milwaukee was born yeah <laughs> so, what uh what year was that oh geez uh 2000 very early 2008 okay sure yeah yeah no, that is that is pretty awesome though. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Now I'm kind of connecting the dots here for like the time. Yeah. 
I know it can be a little, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, so since then, um, it kind of just, you, you know, you kind of built a foundation in Milwaukee. I know you uh, yeah. were in uh, Canada for a couple of years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we had the group, the Alley Cats for a couple of years, you know, we did a lot of, we got sponsored by PBR. We'd go to St. Louis, the girls from St. Louis would come here. I got a lot of my connections for, I met a lot of really amazing performers while I lived in St. Louis, you know, obviously like Clown Vis and, you know, there's Lola Van Ella, who is internationally known, Gogo McGregor, internationally known, amazing performers. And they would come up here and I would do a monthly show at Stonefly. And we'd usually have some sort of a cool band that would do intermission. PBR would come there and set up like a booth, you know, and we'd have like different guest performers every month. And then um, after a couple of years of that, I had met uh, somebody, I have a really, now that I'm saying it out loud, habit of like moving places for people. Anyway, <laughs> um, I had met a gentleman uh, in, while I was visiting St. Louis and he lived in Canada and we had spent some time together and ended up getting engaged and I decided to move over there with him and I didn't like abandon the burlesque girls. We had made a lot of arrangements for the burlesque troupe to stay intact after I had left and um, we just kind of in the end decided that it would be best I had a lot going on. I was planning a wedding. We were building a house in Canada. Um, you know, we had, he had a big farm out there that I was like, I couldn't work because I was, you know, I wasn't legal to work in this country. So, you know, I was like helping a lot on the farm and I just kind of decided to separate myself uh, from the group. And that is where um, V Valentine and at the time Raven McCaw they had took over and made, turned the Alley Cat Review Milwaukee into what is now the Brew City Bombshells. So that is where the Brew City Bombshells originated from was, you know, Alley Cat Review. Way, 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 way back in the day. <laughs> I got you. Dope. Cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a lot. <laughs> it's, it's all, but it's all um, falling into place here. Yeah, so, I performed a bit in Canada. I, I there was a place I performed at in Montreal a little bit. So I was still performing, but um, I came back here for a couple different festivals or like you know shows that were already booked previously that you know I wanted to remain a part of. But um, that was kind of that it you know for burlesque for me for at that moment. Yeah. So um, how did you uh, become Candy Coconuts? Where did that name come from? Um, so I had the name, honestly, I had a name, a different name for most of my burlesque career. I was known as Bella Sue DiBianti, which was, I did not pick. It was given to me by Lola Van Ella, who is a great performer, um, out of St. Louis. She was the girl that sang and did a, she was kind of not the manager, but like the head, like the main chick in our burlesque group in St. Louis. And I guess just whenever I moved back here and I kind of wanted to like revamp myself and just have a name that was like closer to my actual real name and more my personality. And uh, I don't generally, I don't let anybody call me candy. That's the same thing, that name that I've always been against. Uh, there's one person that I would allow to call me candy and uh, that would be uh, his name is Jack he is one of the owners of Maya Ophelia he's a very great friend of mine and the oh, only yeah. yeah he's the only person that I allow to ever call me candy and just one day we were hanging out we were I think drinking Bloody Marys me him and B and he just like started calling me candy coconuts and 
don't know, it just stuck. And I was like, that'd be a really great burlesque name. And that's kind of how I revamped myself and came up with that name. So, and it's fitting, you know, candy, Candace, coconuts, like, you know, it's like, it works. Oh, co coconuts. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Coconuts, yeah. I was going to say, do you like coconut? I do love coconut as well. I, uh, it, it, I guess it kind of depends for me. You know, uh, I, I did, I, I think coconut water is pretty good, but uh, I don't really like coconut flavored things yeah. so much. Um, I mean, I snowballs. I, 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 I liked snowballs, you know, when I was, when I was a kid. Yeah. Gotcha. Those are, those are all right. Those are pretty all right. I mean, I like some coconut flavored stuff. Depends on what it is. I had a coconut flavored bobo tea yesterday. That was like amazing. I bet, Loved it. I, bet I would fuck with that. I like coconut. Yeah. I'd say I'm more into the coconut beverages, not so much the coconut foods. I like the coconut water with like the coconut pulp that's in it. I'll drink the shit out of that all day long. Nice. <laughs> um, maybe you'll have to put me on to better coconut uh, goods uh, that I'm just not trying. Maybe coconut bubble tea is a good place to start. I think so. Yeah. I make coconut popsicles too. I'll like fill up the popsicle things with like mandarin oranges and blueberries and all these yummy fruit, and then I'll pour coconut water and then. Sounds fire. Yeah, fire. <laughs> um, awesome. So I guess um, that being said, so. Well, uh, how would you describe like um, kind of just the persona of Candy Coconuts and the acts you do? I'd love to hear about, you know, kind of how you developed like what your routines are. Yeah. So I used to really just base my routines off of very traditional classic music, anything that was instrumental, big band, big feather boas, big feather fans. I kept it very classic for a long time um do you know hence like growing up with like that type of music and it just being like my idea of what I type of burlesque I wanted to do <clears throat> and then um just had an idea one day a friend of mine a close friend of mine had like a really big snake and we were just like talking and I was like oh man it'd be cool if I could form a snake and he was like you could totally use my snake this is before I got Cletus and you know we just like played around with the snake a little bit like you know we'd take him out into his backyard and like let me hold him and like see how he was and he was really great and uh I don't know I just I did a couple shows with him and then I ended up acquiring my own snake and from that moment on I kind of uh just started falling into the niche of just I do a lot of um belly dance-esque themed songs you know anything uh that kind of falls in that line are a lot of like um you know like a spooky surf kind of music you know just I don't know this just the snake and kind of having like that whole type of uh like kind of a bohemian feel but not it's still more myself and like really kind of perky and upbeat and you know I don't know it's just it kind of just fell in my lap my the snake routine and that and just like that kind of style of music and that's pretty much um, all I do now, it's very rare that I do a performance without my snake, you know, uh, if it's something that me and V have like a routine together, we've done a lot of uh, routines together, her and I, but usually anything that I do on my own, like my snake is involved and it has like that specific kind of like theme to it, you know. 
it is really cool. I remember seeing that and was just like uh, really um, just amazed, you know, by and and getting to like actually pet the snake in the, in the back room at Company Brewing was um, was a real treat. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I'm sure he enjoyed it as well. Yeah, good, good, <laughs> good. Uh, yeah. Um, well, that that's awesome. So, um, so when did you uh, move back to Milwaukee uh, from Canada? I moved back probably about 2011 or 12, and I never rejoined another burlesque group after that. I just worked independently. I would sometimes perform with the bombshells. I'd sometimes still go to St. Louis for different things or festivals, you know, around the U.S. or uh, just pretty much you know, whatever stuff I would try to do, like try to do, like I always performed the Milwaukee and Chicago tattoo convention. So I still kept doing that as an independent, but I would just, I would hire girls. I would find girls like, you know, usually V was always my go-to or I, you know, if I had to find a couple, I'd ask a couple of the bombshells or I'd reach out to some girls in St. Louis and find them if I needed like a few girls for a show, but I always remained independent and, and still am to this day, mm -hmm. although there's not really much going on at this moment. Um, yeah yeah no there is not um have you done any uh the the virtual stuff um i haven't done an actual like put together show for tickets virtual stuff but uh in the beginning of like when the quarantine started for everybody like the stay at home order i definitely did a handful of just late night I drank a couple glasses of wine and I really miss doing burlesque. So I'm going to do a Facebook live and do some burlesque in my den for everybody. And that's about it. <laughs> hey, that's, uh, I mean, that's kind of working with the circumstances, but I'm yeah. sure that will be fun. It'll probably yeah. be refreshing. It was fun. It was definitely fun to do. I think my neighbors were a little like, what the hell's going on up there? But, you know. Yeah, but that's okay. I mean, I'm sure my neighbors are kind of like, why is this guy always talking so loudly? Like they have no idea. And to himself, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Besides the pandemic, um, before that, I mean, I, I'm not performing as much as I was pre-kids, um, but I am starting. Before the pandemic started, I had a couple of new numbers that I've been working on, and a couple of emails reaching out to. Um, just the different conventions and a couple of like bigger shows that I used to be a part of that I kind of fell back from and you know I've gotten all good feedback and like yes once we actually start having these events again we're happy to have you as a performer uh, but it's kind of hard to really get that started right now but once shows start happening again I don't want to say if once they do regardless how long that is I definitely um, have been using this time to kind of revamp my my persona, like my you know character, and uh, I have a couple of new numbers that I've been working on that I'm really like bigger, like festival type numbers, you know, that I'm really excited about. So I definitely plan on applying for some burlesque festivals and getting back into it pretty regularly once this crazy fucking the pandemic is over or at least somewhat simmered down I don't know yeah yeah so unpredictable um what um what are some like new uh acts that you're kind of uh working on right now or at least were when you know 
Well, um, one of them is a snake act and one of them is actually not a snake act. Believe it or not, every once in a while, you'll find a venue that will not allow you to have the snake, even with insurance. They won't allow like live animals or anything, which baffles me because I'm like, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I have a number that I am currently working on. Um, I could show you a really, I could show you the prop for that number if you'd like for me to. Uh, that'd be great, actually. Right? If you would excuse me for just 10 seconds. Yeah. Oh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dope. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm sure that's probably not what Lucifer actually sounds like, but this is a, a, a burlesque number that has been in the making for some time that I've kind of had mentally planned for a while. Here, it's not going to get too much attention i figured i'll just where'd you get sneak peek. where'd you get lucifer from i ordered him online <laughs> i ordered him uh from the fiery depths of hell i summoned him with oh, you know. so, so he, just popped, <laughs> he popped up from a, a, a void in the ground and yes. just appeared in your house yeah yes that, that is could be no <laughs> Well, at least hell uh, has um, pretty good uh, um, delivery, like parcel service. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they did great. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so he will be my first non-snake act in a long time, actually. That, that sounds real fun. Um, I'm really excited about it. I just have to actually have a place that I can debut it. That'd be lovely. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Um so the last thing is um well you said you did uh you you've done some burlesque conventions. Uh what are the some conventions that you have done? Um the, so the, I'll touch on the last one that I did was the Windy City Burlesque Festival that I did and um that was the last one that that I had and that was probably my most favorite just because it's, you know, fairly local. So there's a lot of Midwestern burlesque girls come to that one. Almost all the mid uh, Midwestern ones. I mean, performers from all over the world come, but it just, uh, that's one of my favorites because a lot of the girls that I, I'll say grew up performing with, when I say grow up, I mean like throughout my burlesque career, but like a lot of the girls I performed with and started with and, you know, I'm very comfortable with. And it, it's really just, it's kind of like a, the performing and all that is great too, but it's almost just like a, a family reunion in a sense as well. Yeah, for sure. That's fun. Um, yeah. I'm from the Chicago area. Oh. Uh, yeah. I don't know anything about the burlesque scene there, but it's good to know that uh, it's a good waypoint for uh, the Midwest uh, burlesque scene yeah. to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's put together by Vodzilla, uh, Red Hot Annie, who's a burlesque performer out of Chicago. She's the one that started the Windy City Burlesque Festival. So. so, awesome. Well, Candace, thank you so much for being on the show. This is uh, thank you for having me, Ben. You're very welcome. Uh, <laughs> I love getting to know you and uh, your routines and um, your candy coconuts persona and whatnot. Um, I was hearing about your exotic pets. Um, uh, that is always. Uh, you know, fun to uh, go on tangents about uh, yeah. just little quirky things about you and uh, 
Of course. So as we're closing out here, tell me what keeps you up at night. Ooh, like the good stuff or the bad? Which one do you want to know? Either, either way, either, whichever you choose. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you what keeps me up at night. Netflix. <laughs> oh yeah. What, what, <laughs> what have you been? Uh, what have you been watching? Um. So I just checked out this, uh, the Haunting of Bly Manor. It was okay. Sure. It wasn't not as good as the Haunting of Hill House. Pretty much anything spooky or scary is my go-to. You're a big horror fan. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I'll, I'll talk horror at you. Um, I'm a big horror fan as well. Um, yeah, I've been watching some old classics that I hadn't seen. Like I watched Pumpkinhead. Oh, um, yeah, that's a great one. Nightbreed. Um, what else did I watch? Um, this one's not an old one. It's actually came out a couple of years ago, but it's called The Wailing, South Ooh. Korean. Um, okay. It's It's really long, but it's pretty fucking good. Um, I love foreign horror films. They are just like absolutely terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Well, if yeah, and same. Like I, I like them too. I don't know. Yeah. If you ever, um. What What puts you to sleep? What puts me to sleep? Uh. You know what? Just being exhausted at the end of the day. Just laying down. You know, there's uh, just after I have so much going on throughout the day. Just like with my kids and of course my animals and then you know when I'm working and just I don't know. I just have a really big amazing comfy king size bed and the moment I lay down in it <laughs> I read a good book you know for about maybe 10 minutes until I'm passed out and then yeah sounds very ideal I have a queen which is um just keeps me happy but yeah I have two kids that will every once in a while I like to come crawl into bed with mom so kinda. there you go yeah well Thank you so much, Candace, for being on the show once yeah. again. For uh, for everyone watching, uh, Candy Coconuts, uh, check out her work. Uh, independent burlesque uh, here in Milwaukee, and uh, we look forward to uh, what she'll do in the future. Uh, new uh, acts with a uh, Lucifer. Um, very much looking forward to that one as well as uh, if you ever want to see a burlesque snake act, look no further. Thank you for watching, <laughs> Mr. Nice. Guy. See you next time. Thank you.